Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is season two, episode 24. I'm back, baby. Oh, it feels so good to be back. All right, if you're new to the podcast, thanks for being here. If you've been here a while, thanks for sticking with me. I love you. I appreciate you. So don't take notes. I've taken your notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, check out my amazing food and product photography. It's what I do for a living. I'm a professional food photographer. So if you need photos, I'm your gal. Hit me up. You've got questions for the podcast. If you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind, send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram. I love seeing them at Let's Go on Food Adventure. All right, you guys, let's do this. Let's go on a food adventure. So here we are. Here we are again. Oh, feels like just yesterday. I was recording an episode and then shit hit the fan. No, seriously, though, it has been a hot, hot minute, uh, literally, figuratively, all of the all of the things I uh, needed to take July off for various reasons. One of them, the most important one being that my shoot schedule was so incredibly busy that I could not balance the podcast and shooting and editing and that was Oliver and just all of the things I I couldn't I, I didn't have a day off from shooting for the entire pretty much the end of June through all of July which you know I'm so incredibly thrilled and thankful for and uh bring it on I'm always taking new clients or more work and I'm just yeah Life is very good, but because of that, something had to give, needed to take time off from the podcast, but here I am. I'm back. And now, of course, what's here? The recycling truck. Hold on one second. Okay, I think the trash truck is finally, or recycling truck is finally gone. Um, Of course, it's right when you start recording, these things happen. And uh, yeah, then you lose your train of thought. But here I am. I am so thrilled to be back in the studio chatting with all of you. Today, we are going to talk about just we're going to kind of catch up. So grab something to drink. It's just you and me. And uh, I've got a huge thing of water next to me. So if you hear me slurping away, that's what that is. And we're going to catch up on some summer stuff that, um, yeah, has been going on. So one of the things that I have been working on is I've been shooting for um, a company called, well, it's a, it's a magazine. It's called Cooks Illustrated. It's put out by America's Test Kitchen. They're based here in Boston. They're a flagship type food centric company who really, I mean, it's, 
it's something I've always known about. Um, maybe it's just where I grew up, but and also kind of being just a food lover, a self-proclaimed food nerd. They really drill down into the mechanics of why a recipe works so well, and they will test things. They will troubleshoot things ahead of, you know, just it really the their recipes are very, very, very thoughtfully created and tested. And uh, it's a wonderful organization to be a part of, an organization I have loved from afar for a long, long time. And so it's a total honor to work with the team and be the photographer shooting the beauty shots of this publication. So I've done, um, I did half of September, October, and that's going to be out shortly um i would say in the next week or two and then you can see more of my work in all of november december i shot and we just wrapped january february issue so and we'll be back in the studio shooting uh march and april in september because that's you know you shoot far out that's that's what happens so it's Love working with the team. Love um, everything that's going on there. I've been eating some amazing food. It's exactly if you know this company or this brand, it's exactly what you think it is um, in terms of testing recipes and being a part of like the snacking team where like they cook a ton of food, they bring it around, they want people to eat it and, and get feedback and have group think and share. And it's so freaking cool and awesome and an experience I don't take for granted uh, at all. And one I'm very honored to be a part of, as I said. So, all right. So you can check out my work in that when it hits the newsstands, keep your eyes peeled. And if you want to check out any more of my photography, you can follow me on Instagram um, at Elizabeth Fuller Photography or go to my website, ElizabethRFuller.com. So that's super fun. And I have so many more things to share with you guys uh, that are coming up later this fall. And I will, I'm like fingers crossed, hopefully able to start talking about them and sharing them and teasing them out with you um, in the next few weeks. So big things on the horizon for your girl. I am like pumpity pump pump pumped. Okay. So as you know, your girl's been fucking busy, right? Uh, haven't really enjoyed summer like I would like to. I am planning on uh, doing so in August a tiny bit more, but one of the things like we haven't like taken like a summer vacation anywhere beyond we did go to Maine. No, let me back that up. We did go to Maine for a few days in early June, but since it's been warm, we haven't done anything. And I said to Todd, I mean, it, it's been like li literally living on the face of the sun for um, the last few weeks, pretty much all in the U.S. It's just been fucking brutal. And uh, I said, we don't have a pool in our house. We don't have access to a pool. Even though we live in New England, we still live an hour away from the ocean. And I don't know if you've ever swam in the New England ocean, but shit's not warm. Not the Caribbean. And your girl likes a, uh, I like a pool. I do like a pool. I also like a pool I don't have to share with anyone. I know. There are, there are criteria I need to have met from my pool needs. And so some of the, the checklist needed to be, we wanted, I wanted a pool that Oliver, our sweet baby fluff, could swim in. 
because he's never swam in a pool before. And uh, and I also wanted to be transparent with the the host like of the house we would be renting. Would they allow that? Because I can imagine certain pools, especially with liners, not so much. And then the other thing I wanted was like just some privacy. I didn't really care. And I, I didn't I didn't want like a dumpy little house. So I didn't care where said pool was. I didn't care where said house was. I'd, I'd, I would be willing to drive a little bit for this. I didn't need anything around it. So this last weekend we drove to, I found a house last minute with a pool. And we drove to, I don't know if you'd call it like Southern Connecticut, maybe. Uh, it was probably, like it was definitely on the coast. It was on the ocean. Um, cute little town called Westbrook. So if anyone's in and around that area, like cute little town, lots of little antique stores, teeny tiny little town, not a lot going on, but um, really quaint. And would I vacation there? Mm, I don't know. But I like to go and swim in a pool for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So we were doing that in one of the highlights. And I revealed this to Todd. I have never had a Connecticut style lobster roll before. So if you let's let's just say you don't know what that is. So here in New England, there are two different kinds of lobster rolls. One is more prominent in Maine. New Hampshire, Massachusetts, probably even Vermont, uh, Rhode Island. And that would be a more traditional lobster roll that is chunky meat, uh, a tiny, teeny kiss of mayo, and really nothing else. There should not be anything else in this lobster roll. Like that, that's it. A Connecticut style one is served warm. It's just lobster meat served warm with butter and it's either soaked in butter the 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 lobster is put in the lo- in the bun warm and then drizzled with butter but there is some element of heat and butter and lobster and nothing else so i've never had this before and i explained this to todd the closest thing i've had to this is the lobster roll at eventide in portland maine which I wouldn't say it's like Connecticut style. It echoes it, but it's uh, a very uh, artistic version of a Connecticut style lobster roll. So while we were there, I was like, hey, you know, when in Rome, he's like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, I do. I really do. No, not really. Like he was all for it. So I Googled a few places. Turns out in Westbrook, there are a handful of places that are ranked the best Connecticut lobster rolls in style lobster rolls in Connecticut. I know, right? Like who who would have thunk? So according to Yankee Magazine, which is a New England based magazine, there were seven great spots for lobster rolls within like and from Westbrook would be kind of in the middle, an hour north or an hour south, basically, right? So our cousins who live in Connecticut, about 45 minutes from where we were staying, they said you have to go to Ford's Lobster in Noank, and that's N-O-A-N-K. I, uh, and they said, you know, when you go, we highly recommend it was called like the Lobster Bomb or the Lobster Earthquake or the Lobster Hurricane or the Lobster, we'll go with the Lobster Bomb, I think. And it was a lobster roll 
that was placed inside of a huge bread bowl. So just picture like a bread bowl stuffed with lobster meat, warm. I'm salivating. With lobster bisque on top. And it's like a half pound of lobster meat in said lobster bowl. Or bread. Excuse me. Bread bowl. So um, that we could have hit on the way home because that was the direction like of home. But I was like, eh. Day, like the day that we had, we decided to, um, there was two in our area that got like really, that were ranked number, you know, in the top seven. One was called Lenny and Joe's Fishtail um, in Westbrook. And there's another one in Madison, Connecticut. We didn't go there. We ended up going to the Lobster Landing in Clinton. And it is a absolutely no frills lobster spot on a dock next to the ocean great views you really did it was exactly what i wanted um it gets served on a grilled hoagie roll which i know for new englanders like yeah that's just something we're not used to and it has a ton of lobster butter and lemon all mixed in together it was so good it really was so good they don't have anything else really besides lobster rolls um, I think they might have like a sausage sandwich and then might, they might have a chicken sandwich. I don't know. I didn't even look a couple of chowders and then chips, I think was kind of it. And like sodas and waters BYOB though. So Connecticut likes their BYOBs. So yet like look at your places and a lot of them might say BYOB. So that was one of them. So the lobster landing in Clinton, I give them a huge shout out, um, that was delicious, really. Will I order, will I cheat on my traditional lobster roll and go Connecticut style again, you ask? If I'm in Connecticut, possibly. I see nothing wrong with that. If I'm in Maine, absolutely fucking not. So <laughs> there you have it. Uh, highly recommended, really, really tasty. All right, so let's get into a few other things. So, you know, I'm always looking for new cookbooks, right? There's been a ton that have come out this summer and a few I wanted to just highlight and say are good. And if you're into trying some new, if you need new culinary inspiration, I'm always looking for new culinary inspiration. And I have a handful of sources that I always use, but cookbooks to me, there's something so, and as a food photographer, something so beautiful about thumbing through them. I understand the process of them, the challenges it is to shoot and design a cookbook. And um, something I would love to do is shoot a cookbook. So if there's any cookbook authors out there that need a photographer or any people in publishing listening, hit me up. But here's a handful of cookbooks that I've recently really fallen in love with and um, I'll link them in the show notes. So first and foremost, I'm a huge fan of Eric Kim. He is a staff writer for the New York Times. He is, his recipes are incredible. Um, his Korean kimchi fried oven fried rice is hands down one of my favorites that I've tried and I've now made three or four times. It is so, 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 so good. I've adapted it in other ways. Delicious, absolutely delicious. Uh, he has a cookbook out. It's called Korean American Food That Tastes Like Home. 
And the thing that's really special about this cookbook is that it's a mix of, well, it's really, it's what it's like to grow up as an immigrant in America. Like he's an American, but he comes from, his parents come from a different culture, being Korean, and what it, and just seeing food through that lens with him and going on a journey of his childhood of just food that he loves. And uh, it's really, really, really fun. There's some Korean recipes in there um, inspired. There's some American inspired styled recipes and then some really cool fusion of the two. Uh, if you like Korean food and the flavors, I highly recommend this cookbook. If you're not financially, uh, don't really want to dive into buying a new cookbook, I just highly recommend getting the New York Times food subscription. It's not much. It's a couple, maybe it's like four bucks a month or something like that for the online platform. And um, you can go through all of the recipes that he's created for the Times that way as well. They're different from the cookbook. But his recipes are really, really good. And you can always follow him on Instagram. Highly recommend it. Um, okay. Another really fun one is called A Good Day to Bake. It's by Benjamina from the Great British Bake It Off or Baking Show from 2016. She has a new cookbook. The thing about this one is that it like totally transports you to England and in the best way possible. And the recipes aren't overly complicated. They're very interesting. They're simple, but they're so utterly delicious. And she, I, she, I loved watching her on the program, so I love supporting her. Um, another one that I absolutely loved was Nadia from Nadia Hussein from The Great British Bake Off has a couple of cookbooks that I've mentioned many, many times. So um, love those gals. So highly recommend that cookbook. Um, okay. Mia Cochina from Rick Martinez. It's like this beautiful love letter to Mexico. So if you're, if, if Mexican style food cooking tugs at your heartstrings and to me like that's so summery. I love, it just reminds me of vacation. I love the flavors. I eat, when I eat Mexican in, I mean we eat a ton of Mexican, Latin American inspired food in our household and when I do it just really transports me to like my feet and toes in the sand cold drinks in my hand just being on a beach somewhere tropical like oh, so so wonderful it's a beautiful cookbook again gorgeous flavors gorgeous recipes highly recommend it okay and then the next one it's called salad freak a let me get the whole title right. Recipes to Feed a Healthy Obsession by Jess Dumuck. D-A-M-U-C-K is how you spell their last name. This cookbook is, if you are a fan of produce in any way, shape, or form, this is your cookbook. She, she celebrates produce like no one else can. Like, get out into the farmer's markets get your salad on. It's, uh, I really, this another very beautifully shot cookbook. <laughs> I love pictures <laughs> and um, really good recipes. So if you like produce, this could be your new cookbook. And then there's Kwame's new cookbook. Kwame is from the Top Chef fame family. Um, 
I don't remember what seasons he was on, but I, he's been on a lot. And he's also been now a judge in some of the recent seasons. He's a wonderful human, and he has a new cookbook out called My America Recipes from a Young Black Chef. This is like such a personal collection of recipes. Um, I think he dedicates the entire cookbook to his mother. It is a really yummy cookbook. It's some of the recipes are, this is, if you are somebody who has some culinary confidence in the kitchen, um, this is a good cookbook for you. This is not a beginner's cookbook. The recipes are not, some are definitely easier to make than others. This is a, there, uh, some of these recipes need a little time. Some don't all are delicious. So if you're up for a little bit of a challenge maybe, or you just gravitate towards um, this, just just take a look at the cookbook. And uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful chef. So I highly recommend it. And then last but not least, and I'll explain this in a second, uh, Unbelievably Vegan by Charity Morgan. She has a very interesting approach to being vegan. It's uh, it's a very transitional cookbook from if you were not plant-based eating and you wanted to start, this is a good cookbook for you. This is a cookbook that if you, how many times can I say cookbook? We should make it a drinking game. If you, um, for example, like a lot of, I don't even want to say comfort food or nachos or anything like that. This is, uh, this is taking recipes that are traditionally not vegan, turning them vegan and still making them delicious. Cause I hate saying vegan recipes aren't delicious, but if you eat meat or you consume dairy and then all of a sudden stop, Cashew cheese does not taste like cheese. Cashew cheese is delicious, but it doesn't necessarily taste. They they have their own place in the world. And um, certain things, even though they we try to mimic them, they, they're just not exactly the same. Do you fall in love with, you know, stuffed shells that are stuffed with tofu instead of um, ricotta if you're vegan over time? You will. If you are somebody who consumed dairy for their entire life and then decided to have this recipe, you might be on the struggle bus. So this is a cookbook for somebody who is either transitioning to a more plant-based lifestyle and still wants to eat foods that remind them of not being plant-based. Um, this could be a really good cookbook for you. So that leads me to my next story. Oh, one, one more book. This isn't really a cookbook. Um, it's more of like a, it's just a fun read and she's, she's just a wonderful human and I like, I really like supporting her. Christina Tosi has a book out called Dessert Can Save the World. Um, it's like a manifesto on just her joy and infectious, you know, wonderful energy that she has. It's, if you don't know who she is, she is a um, the mastermind behind Milk Bar, the company. And uh, she is just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human. So I highly recommend that if you are just in for a read. It does have a handful of recipes in it, but it is not a cookbook. Um, kind of like how Stanley Tucci's book had some recipes in it, not a cookbook, but did have some recipes in it, you know. 
All right. So if you were playing along and took a sip of whatever alcoholic beverage you had in your hand at the time while listening to this uh, and take a sip every time I said the word cookbook, you probably are blacked out drunk by now. And we need to talk about something else. All right. So let's get into one more thing. All right. So some summer recipes. Here's what like when it comes to summer cooking, um, there's a few things that like really need to fit the criteria and check the boxes off for me. Like one, don't want to heat up the kitchen. So can it go on a grill? Uh, can it be just easy and effortless? Can it come together quickly? A lot of times in the summer, I'm even busier. I mean, I'm always busy, but like lately I've been so busy that I just haven't had time to dedicate to making like super elaborate long meals. So it's kind of like, all right, what, what, what will check some of these boxes off and, and does it taste really good? Because there is absolutely nothing worse in my book than eating something that doesn't taste good or like it just isn't satisfying. Right. So, um, starting off the list, I'm going to bounce all over here a little bit. Uh, Tegan from Half-Baked Harvest, she has a ton of great recipes that I've tried this summer. One that stands out is the 15-minute garlic butter ramen noodles. Um, you had me at hello with 15 minutes. The thing I like about this recipe is that it's super versatile. So like you can throw any fresh herbs in there that you want. You can put any veg in there that you wanted to do on the side or like mix it on top in the noodle, make a noodle bowl out of it poached egg like um if you don't want to poach the egg soft boiled egg uh you could do even just a fried egg on top add kimchi to this you could add kind of like I mean really anything you want any other protein you wanted to put in there um you know chicken tofu steak like salmon whatever would be absolutely delicious in this and it really doesn't need to heat the kitchen up. And honestly, with the ramen noodles, I will get, it's like an organic version. So they're like two bucks a pack versus like 99 cents. But whatever ramen noodle tickles your fancy, like that's your ramen noodle. Highly recommend that. Okay, next on the list. This one is a little bit more, like there's a few more steps involved. So maybe like if you're entertaining, this might be a fun one to do for, to impress someone, or maybe you just want to have a nice dinner for yourself and you live solo and you're like, I'm going to treat myself and spend some time making something beautiful and yummy for myself. So, uh, whatever. It is from Love and Lemons, uh, the peach salsa grilled halloumi bowl with coconut rice and black beans. Oh, it's, it's really good. Um, she has this like creamy cilantro dressing that you drizzle on top too. I've made a couple of these components separately before, like the dressing, the coconut rice I've made before, the black beans I've done before, but then you mix them all together in this peach salsa because peaches are like super, super, super in season right now. Uh, really recommend that really easy, vegetarian friendly dish uh another one this if you wanted to just pick up a you know your girl loves a rotisserie chicken so like say you just wanted that or you wanted uh you had some chicken and you poached it and you shredded it up the times has this um chicken celery salad with a wasabi tahini dressing 
Mm, the recipe's by Sue Lee. It is really good. You can serve this room temperature. You can serve it cold. You can serve it with grilled bread. You could serve it with like cold sesame noodles on the side. Well, whatever tickles your fancy with this one too. It's just really good. It's really simple. The dressing is super, super flavorful. Um, and it's like effortless, right? No thoughts needed for this. Then uh, I was listening to Francis Lamb. He has a podcast called The Splendid Table. I'm a huge fan of, have been for a long time. They were talking about this past week's episode was a live fire cooking episode. So it was all about, oh my God, here's the fucking trash truck again. Did they miss a turn? Like, or the recycling truck? I'm like trying to talk to you guys. And now there's, let's see if he, he's just going to idle outside of my window. That's fine. What ups? Um, yeah, so it's a live fire cooking episode. And he had a lot of wonderful people on. And they talked about a lot of great things. I highly recommend the podcast episode if you're into live fire cooking. It was very inspiring. There's this grilled green beans with a Memphis dry rub. Mm-hmm. I know. It sounds delicious. I haven't made it yet. If you've made it, let me know. The episode just came out a few days ago, so it is on my list of things I'm going to make this week, but I wanted to include it in this list because why not, right? All right, last but not least, dessert. Gotta have dessert. Peaches, again, are so in season right now, so I picked a really good peach recipe that I've made before, and I really, really recommend this. Yotam Atulangi has this beautiful recipe. It's called, um, it's not called, it is a peach rosemary and lime galette. If you don't know what a galette is, it's just like a free form tart. So you don't need a tart pan for this. Real easy to make on a sheet pan. Um, this one, you don't even need to worry about making your dough all butter puff pastry. Really, really, really highly recommend um, using Defour. It's You can get it at Whole Foods. Worth every penny in this. Um, really tasty. Lots of great flavor. Not overly sweet. It's just got such a nice balance of like herby notes, sweet, acidic. It's delicious. Really delicious. So highly recommend that. Um, and you know what? I think that's a wrap on today. So thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for hanging out with me. I truly appreciate you listening and uh, I'm back, baby. So stay tuned next week for another new episode. All right. So if you have questions for the, where, where was it? How does this ending go? <laughs> I'm kidding. I will get back in the saddle. I promise. So go to my website for all of the show notes and everything we chatted about. ElizabethRFuller.com. If you have questions for the podcast, send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in Instagram on your food adventures at let's go on a food adventure. There we go. I think that's right. Close enough. Um, make some yummy food together this weekend. Leave with kindness and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.